every single year um, is here's what we're going to do. We're going to answer throughout the whole series. We've been asking you to ask us questions. I thrive on answering questions. I love quick Q&A and, and questions and things like that because I believe uh, questions, uh, questions are produced from hunger. So the more questions you ask, I believe the hungrier you are. And uh, so we've been asking you to ask questions, and you've been doing that at both locations. We got a ton of questions um, between the two campuses. And so what we're want, we want to do today, we're going to answer not all of them because that's impossible, but we're going to answer a lot of them, and we're going to try to incorporate multiple into one. So we're going to answer multiple with one. Here's what I do know. No matter where you are in a relationship status, you're going to get something from this today. It is going to help you. It's going to be beneficial. But I want to be real clear. We are not going to answer questions based on opinions or thoughts on ourselves. Today's answers are all biblically based. So I want you to understand, if you hear an answer you don't like, it's not me and Megan making it up. It's the Bible, right? And so we're going on the assumption that we're trying to build relationships biblically. And because of that, we're answering questions biblically. I mean, obviously, we base our lives around the Bible and around the Word of God. So I want to get that straight today because inevitably, every year we do this, there's an answer or two where people are like, I don't know if I believe that. Well, it's, if it's in the Bible, you get to choose whether you want to live by it or not. But I don't get to say that I don't like believe that God said that. It's, you, know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I want to make it clear we're not answering on opinions, right? right. We're answering biblically, and uh, we want to help you learn today uh, as we're learning and have learned. So, um, Megan, what, what we want to do to begin with is we're in this uh, phase in the world where marriage is, um, marriage is defined differently depending on who you are, how you grew up, and honestly, a little bit is how you want to believe, right? So I want, you did an amazing talk yesterday in session one um, about the, uh, honestly, it's the theology of marriage. It's uh, the purpose, the point, the, the, the theology, I'll say, the study of marriage. So I want to turn it over to you for a minute, and I want to give you a few minutes to really like drive that home, because as you were talking yesterday about that in our marriage one day, I was like, holy moly, this is, this is amazing. Like, it's really good stuff. So uh, why don't you take it for a minute and talk about the theology of marriage? I, I will, certainly. I do want to start, too, by saying uh, when I was a lot younger, I thought that questions were bad, especially in relation to asking God questions. But questions are so good. They're so good. They keep us in wonder, which what does the Bible say? It says we should become like children. And what do children do, or at least my four-year-old does? Why, 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 why? He asks lots of questions. So I just want to thank you guys for all of your questions. But like you were saying, reading through all the questions, we thought, man, if we would just define marriage appropriately or with truth and not our fantasies, if we would define it appropriately with the truth, I think it would answer a whole lot. I was like, 90% of these questions are because we have such a, a wrong mentality of marriage. Yeah. And so, again, like you said, it, this is going to be helpful today, no matter your status in a relationship. Um, and I, I do want to say, if you weren't here five weeks ago for week one 
of this series. It was called Securing Christ. Christ, you did an incredible job just laying the foundation of, you know, if we just focus on where our feet are planted, if we get our relationship with God right, if we seek first the kingdom of God, all the things will be added. You know, God will work it out for the good of those who love him and who are called, right? And I just, I want to encourage you, if you didn't hear week one, Securing Christ, go check that out. It'll answer so many questions. But yes, marriage is so, so much more than what the world makes it out to be. It's a mystery, really. It's incredible. I think of it as art, okay? And I'm going to, since Brody's in here, I'm going to pull up what I said yesterday about his artwork. He has, and it's not just him. I think about all of my kids and they bring home all this artwork and I'm like, oh, that's cool. And in my head, I'm like, what is it? You know what I'm saying? (laughs) But marriage is art. It's not science. It's not math. The more you look at it, the more you pursue, the more, um, that you examine it, the more you come to know about it and the more that God reveals to you. And it's, it's a life, a a lifelong commitment of being loved. Actually, it's a lifelong commitment, not of being loved, but of giving love for life. Um, it's even y'all listen to this. This is so, so special about marriage. It's one of God's most favorite illustrations of the gospel, which is the good news that Jesus loved us first and he gave his life for us. When we know that marriage is about good, the good news, the gospel, we live in response to that. It's not, good news isn't something that we earn. It's something that's given to us. If you think about news, when you turn it on, on the TV, I don't like it, honestly, but it's usually negative. But good news, the gospel of Jesus is the good stuff. That's what our marriage should resemble. And if you think about it, it's not something, um, it's not something we can earn. Again, it's given to us. It affects us. It's something that we hear that can change our lives if we let it. That's the gospel. And that's what our marriages um, stand for. And and Jesus is such a reflection of um, how we should be, Um, not just in marriages, but specifically in Ephesians, it talks about how men and women should love each other and honor each other. And um, Genesis 2 talks about the first marriage. And um, you know what's really crazy is when did the enemy come in in the Bible? After the first marriage, marriage is hard. You know, it's a lot different from what I thought it would be, you know. But in a, it's in a good way, though, right? In a good yes, way. Yes, in like, a good in, way. I I'm just you made just sure. Get married, and everything is just handed to you. I have this. I have this incredible guy, which I do, and I was like, man, he's gonna listen to all my stories. Like he's probably like, can you go ahead and get to the next thing? Um, just kidding. He's gonna listen to all my stories, all like the complete story, and he's gonna care. He's gonna be so generous, and he's gonna be so patient and understanding, and he's gonna work, but not okay. too hard, all right. and not too okay. long. You know, right. but marriage takes work, <laughs> right? Right? And so true. Um, this is really cool. 
In Genesis 2, God says, I've got to make a helper suitable for this man mm -hmm. to to be with this man and he makes woman and that same word he uses for helper is used in several psalms and it talks about the relationship between god and his people of israel and that is what marriage is designed to be for us to treat each other like jesus loves his church in Mark 10, 6 through 9, it says, But at the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. Don't get that mixed up. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united with his wife. And the two will become one flesh. That's a mystery. That is incredible. It's a miracle. And when you hurt, I should hurt. Because we're one flesh by the the mystery that God made marriage and there's no longer to one flesh. And therefore I love this verse because Jesus is saying, therefore what God has joined together, let no one separate. That's marriage. A truly satisfying marriage is built to last and it's built to not be separated. It's built on God. And listen, we had all these ideas of marriage before we got married. Right. And and, and you guys do too if you're not married, I'm sure. But marriage is not our idea. We need to look to God's word, like you said, to figure out what marriage is. And, and, and it is God's idea. And the world keeps adding to it. Like, oh, you graduated school. Oh, you, you, when are you going to get married? When are you going to do this? When, you, when are y'all going to be quiet? Like, you know, like just let's be secure in Christ and just follow his plan and not what everybody else is telling yeah, us to do, right? And they just keep having their ideas. But Paul sums up marriage between a husband and a wife relationship. In Ephesians 5, 32 through 33, he says, I'm going to sum it up for you. Just show love and respect just as Christ does for his church. And so I thought if we would just kind of solidify the truth about what marriage is, yeah. it would answer a lot of our questions, especially those about marriage. Yeah. So, I know, I, th I think that's so good, and, and it's, you know, you have to decide what kind of marriage you want right. to begin with, right? Like, you can, you, it's one thing to say I want a God-centered marriage, mm -hmm. but like, you decide by what you put into place, right. and by what you do, right? So if I want a God-centered marriage, I think I probably need to consult God on marriage, right to do all of that and 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 there are a lot and we've the reason we're doing this is a ton of the questions we got can be summed up into this summary and theology of marriage and like if we're doing a god-centered marriage i don't get to decide what marriage is i get to live what marriage is right. right so it's the same thing as this right i was thinking about this this morning actually if um I, i've used this illustration before but growing up i would take a game a board game and i'd pull it out of the box and often I would play it how I wanted to play it that was beneficial to me, right? And so like I would just mix it up, which is fine. I'm still playing a game, but I'm not playing the game. Are you with me? Yeah. And so I had to decide, do I want to do it the way the maker intended? Or do I want to do it in a way that I want to do it? And it doesn't mean the maker's going to come and take the game from me and like it's horrible. Here's what it means. I'm not doing it the way the maker intended. So if I break it or if I don't win and I go to the, bank, uh, to the maker and I'm like, I can't win at your game and I show him how I play it, he's going to look at me and go, well, no wonder. You're not playing it the way it was intended to be played, 
Are you with me? And so like, we have to decide how we're gonna play this. And what I think, I wanna, I wanna hit on for a second, and then we're gonna go to question one, is uh, marriage is not about us. Marriage includes us. So marriage is not about us. Like we have to understand throughout the Bible, right? Throughout the gospel, you can see it all over the place that God uses the illustration of marriage to illustrate our relationship with him. Yes. You, have to, you have to realize that we are the church and the church over and over and over and over again throughout the Bible are called, is called God's bride, yeah. the bride of Christ. We are his bride and he wants us holy and blessed. That's why in Ephesians 5, it tells, us, it tells men how to treat the bride because it's how he wants the bride you know, coming to him. And we have to understand that. We have to understand that it's an opportunity to live for yeah. and love God together. Right. Marriage is an opportunity to live for each other, live for God and love God together. Right. Like we get to do this thing together. Marriage is to be enjoyed by a husband and a wife. Mm -hmm. I don't get to decide if that's different. I don't get to decide if I agree with that or not. It's just, if I'm doing it biblically, I have to look at the Bible. And it's, it's to be enjoyed by a husband and a wife. It doesn't mean that anybody's a terrible person that believes anything opposite. It means I believe a husband and a wife, right? Come on, anybody in the room. Like, the, it's a biblical marriage. It's to build a life together that's a biblical example of God's love. And, and, and marriage is building intimacy. It's a journey. It's an everyday journey of intimacy with our spouse. You know, and if you were here throughout the series, we got to understand intimacy isn't just sex. Intimacy is mental, it's emotional, it's spiritual, it's physical. It's all of those things. We build that over time. We're actually going to talk about that in a minute in one of the questions. And, and it's, just a, it's just a thing to where we have to decide, hey, do I want to do it God's way or not? And God's way is the right way because it's the way it was intended. Now, now. Can I change the way it is? You can, but you can't call it God-centered. Why am I being left by myself today? Like, I'm being hung out dry. The truth, truth like, I, I, if I want it to be God-centered, I do it God's, God's way. Right? And so I have to understand, like, I can't say your birthday is all about you whenever we go do whatever I want. So it's your birthday next weekend, Megan. We're going to go play a round of golf, Right? And then we're going to go eat all the wings we can, we can eat, right? And we're going to drink a ton of Coke and Mountain Dew and like, because y'all don't drink nothing else and all that, right? And like, we're going to go do what I want to do, wow. okay? And then we're going to go shop because I'm the shopper in the relationship, right? So we're going to, and you're like, and you're like, I thought this birthday was about me. Yeah. We can't say a relationship is about God if we don't go to God. Amen. And so like, we just have to understand that. And we have to go to that. So here's question number one, right? So we're going to go to God about this. I'm going to lead off this question. And then you're going to take off from there. You guys asked long questions this week, this year. Like we got no one-liner questions. They were all paragraphs, man. I was like, y'all been holding they on to that for a hey, while. It's complicated. Let it's me, complicated. I got to get it out. Here's this one. Is sex before marriage actually covered in the Bible? Um, while it is well known that lust, adultery, and homosexuality are considered sins, does the Bible actually speak on sex before marriage? I have a hard time believing and understanding, that's number one, that God is so black and white that one day before the wedding, no sex, and then one day after, go after it. 
Well, that's, you know. And, <laughs> praise God for the day after. Um, and <laughs> I'm just saying, man. An interpretation, yeah, Megan was like, I don't know if you should take this one or not. An interpretation I have heard, this is this, if it leads to marriage or engagement, then it is okay. All right. I'm going to debunk that and say, no, it's not. It ain't in there. Right? <laughs> because if I play the game the wrong way, it may still lead me to the win, but it's not the right win. It's not about getting to the destination. It's about getting to the destination blessed in the way God wants it to be. That's right. That's the deal, right? And then it says, I, if God doesn't want us to have sex, why did he give us hormones long before marriage? Man, you know, great question. I'm down with that. Like, I'm down with it. Uh, but here's some things that the Bible does say about sex before marriage. Hebrews 13 and 4 talks about you have to hold, I'm just summarizing this stuff, hold marriage higher than anything else. Marriage has got to be higher than any other relationship you're in. Whenever you begin to treat every relationship you're in that is rom in, in, uh, just minorly romantic and you're like, I'm going to give you marriage access. Can I tell you something? You don't get full access into my life just because we have lunch together. You don't get access, full access into my life just because we've been friends for a year. You get full access into my life whenever I know that I can trust you and when I know you're, you're not going to use my information against me, like this is just relationship in general, all that stuff. Why in the world would we give all of ourselves to somebody before we even know if they got our best interest in mind? It's not about if it leads to marriage. Well, it could lead to marriage. So, no, like, okay. And, and you playing the lottery could lead to being a millionaire, but you're not buying a yacht yet. Are we, come on, right? And so like, we got to think about this. And he says, Hebrews 13, 4 says it like this. He says, hold marriage in higher esteem. Right. It should be a higher level of responsibility than any other relationship that you're in. First Thessalonians 4, 3 says very clearly, abstain from sexual immorality. Well, isn't that kind of like subjective? What is sexual immorality? Here's what sexual immorality is. Sexual things outside of the intention of them. Right. That's immorality. I don't know how else to explain it, right? Yeah. So if it was mental immorality, it would be thinking about things outside of the intention of what they were created. It's just like we have to understand. And the reason in, in, in Paul wrote to the church in Thessalonica to abstain from it is because people were running around sleeping with everybody that they could possibly sleep with in order to get gain or get things in life. They were literally prostituting themselves out for platforms and money. And he was like, stay away from that stuff. Because in the Bible, it also says this, I didn't write it down, but it also says when you commit a sexual sin, it's not just against the other person, but it's against yourself too. Because sex was created to combine all of you yeah. together. And it creates a soul tie of two people yeah. and all of them. 1 Corinthians 7, 2 says that because of sexual immorality and the temptation of it, women are to have their own husband and husbands are to have their own wife. In other words, sleep with your wife and sleep with your husband. Leave everybody else out of it. Because there's a temptation of sexual immorality. So if you have a temptation to see people naked, go look at your wife or your husband. Like, I don't know how it's plainly to put it. That's literally what the scripture is talking about. If you have the temp, go, that is what you're, that is not what they are for, but they keep you out of sexual immorality because you have a commitment to this person. 
and because they can fulfill the desire instead of going outside of the unit of marriage. Let me talk about this. They said, why did God create hormones if they didn't want us to have sex? <laughs> Mainly because hormones aren't just for sex. That's true. <laughs> Scientifically, like I pulled this straight from the scientific journal. Hormones are the body's chemical messengers sending signals into the bloodstream into your tissues. Hormones work slowly over time and affect many different processes, including growth and development. If you don't wanna grow up, ask God to take hormones from you. Uh, if you, a metabolism, you don't wanna lose weight, ask God to take hormones from you. Like, everybody's like, oh, metabolism, give me more hormones, please, right? How your body gets energy from the foods you eat. So you don't just eat foods and your body's like, oh, there's food, I have energy now. No, the hormones kick in and create energy out of that. It does include sexual function, reproduction, and watch this, moods. You wanna be the most moody person on the planet and have a more hormone imbalance. Yeah. And I'm not trying to be funny. Like for real, so hormones, yes, they include sexual drive, but it's your growth, it's your maturity, it's your development, it's, it's your energy, it's your weight loss, it's your fitness, it's all these things. And here's the truth, right? I'm gonna go back to last week for a second and then I'm gonna give you a question too. Um, but the truth is to me, sex before marriage is a lot like the Garden of Eden. So last week we talked about this. He puts Adam in the Garden of Eden. He says, you can have all this but don't touch that tree. Because if you touch that tree, you're not obey. Sex before marriage is like that tree in the garden where God's going, you can enjoy everything about a relationship, emotional intimacy, spiritual intimacy, like you can grow closer together, you can have a best friend, but don't touch that until it's time. And then whenever we decide, yeah, but I have hormones. Yeah, but, and I'm not trying to like, whoever asked the question, I'm really not trying to be d diminishing or belittling. I'm just being real honest. When I say, yeah, but I have hormones, yeah, but I have a desire, yeah, but I have this, yeah, but I have that. Man, that's awesome, you know? Like, I have a desire, you know, to, back in the day, I used to have a desire to drink way too much a lot. I ha you know, I can either give into that or I can decide that I'm gonna be better than that. You know, back, y'all come on, like, you gotta decide, like, what, what, what standard am I gonna hold? Do you have to not have sex before marriage? No, you can, you can have sex before marriage. Paul said it like this, you can do whatever you wanna do, but don't expect it to be beneficial, right? So, like, you have to decide where you stand on it, but if you want a biblical relationship, the Bible, and that's, I just gave three verses, I could have gave probably 30 to 50. The truth is, is and he says this, don't defile the marriage bed. You do that before and after marriage. If you're not careful, you bring too many people into it, you bring other people into it, you know, like all that stuff. I could keep going on this, I'm gonna stop and go to set, you got something to add to that? Okay, I'm gonna stop right there. But that, that is the case, and like I get the question, but it comes down to what do we wanna build? Yeah. What kind of relationship do we wanna build? Here's the second question, all right? It says this, and, and I'll, this was written from a female point of view, so I wanted you to answer this one. My husband refuses to be the leader of our home. What should I do? I love learning and I love growing spiritually. I try to encourage my husband to grow as well, but he doesn't have friends to help him be accountable. What can I do to help him? Mm -hmm. So, you know, 
when we get married, because this is a husband or a wife talking about her husband, I think, first of all, we've got to remember when we got married, it was for better, for worse, for good times, for bad times, right? Yeah. And, um, and I would say, and I don't know, it matters like how you ask this question. Like my husband won't leave my house. Is it like that? Or is it like, I'm really concerned. I'm not sure, but I do want to encourage us in relationships to put down the magnifying glasses and stop examining others and pick up the mirror and look at ourselves and look inward. Like what, what can I do? you know, to help. And I think this person probably, I mean, they asked, what can I do to help? So I think you can, you can continue being what you aren't seeing. Yeah. Um, in first Peter three, one through five, I love this scripture when wives come to me and they're like, how do I, what do I do? And it's a lot less about what you can do. It's more about who you can be. And in 1 Peter 3, 1 through 5, it says, In the same way, wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands, so that even, in, even if some disobey the word, even if they don't, even if they're not leading the home, even if they disobey the word, that they may be won over yeah. without a word wow. by the way their wives live. Yeah, There's so your good. answer. When they observe your pure, reverent lives, listen, don't let your beauty consist of outward things like elaborate hairstyles and wearing gold jewelry. (laughs) Jewelry. (laughs) Jewelry. That's my Florence coming out. (laughs) Or fine clothes. But rather, this is verse 4, 1 Peter 3, 4. But rather, what is inside the heart, the imperishable quality of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of such great worth in God's eyes. So what can we do to help when one or the other isn't leading their household and they're already married? You can be what you want to see. You can be an example of what God's word says, and you can be gentle and quiet. Now, Listen, Brody's probably like, well, mom, you're not always gentle and quiet. You get kind of loud. Not always, but sometimes, you know, but what I like to do is just, just take a deep breath where I want to use some loud words, you know, (laughs) and I'm just like, it's all good, you know, and I use things that irritate me as prayer prompts. I said this last year, but it's so true. Like if, if he leaves something lying around or he's not doing something the way I think it should be done, or maybe you know, I just, I want to call them up, but I just don't want to do it the right way yet. I'm just like, Lord, bless them today. And, <laughs> and I just, I pray, you know, that his heart is so sweet. And, you know, that, I don't know, when I pick up your sweet and low, I just use prayer hey, prompts, hey, hey, you know, hey, hey, hey. like the packets that just hang out. It's all good, <laughs> though. We got it. But, you know, just pray first is what I'm saying. Yeah. Pray first. And it's more about um, being than doing anything. Yeah. Um, how you encourage him is so important. important. Um, again, we see in First Peter 3, it's not always what we say, but how we say it. Yeah. Um, and sometimes we shouldn't say anything. Again, our lives should win him over in the message, um, the message of Jesus. Um, and listen, I too would say, how can you help? We have some incredible life groups for yes. men. Yes. 
Yes. And they get together and they don't just talk about hunting and fishing and whatever, golf and <laughs> Xbox, all the things, sports. They don't just talk about weightlifting. We do talk about that stuff, though. They might. Yeah, they, they do. Might. But they are digging into God's word and becoming yeah. the men. Yeah. They're becoming secure in Christ together. Yeah. And I encourage you, get them to sign up today. Because yeah. we can't do life alone. That's one of our church values, and it's true. And I also want to speak to the husbands because I think it's important that we know that Jesus doesn't want perfection. Mm. He just wants your best. Yeah, that's good. He doesn't want you to be perfect. Okay? It's not, let me wait till I get it right to become the spiritual leader. No, it starts today. Yeah, it's good. Pursue God, and he will lead you. He believes in your marriage. Yeah. He designed it. Yeah. And no matter what you're going through, he designed it to be good. Yeah. And just put one foot in front of the other, seeking his face. And when you slip, get back up and try again. That's yep. where grace comes in. And so I just wanted to encourage no, them. That's so good. And Megan has helped me be a better leader just by the way she lives her life. And so men, it is our job. We got to stand up and be leaders. Here's the truth. Somebody's going to lead. Somebody's going to lead, and somebody's going to disciple your kids. It might as well be us and God, team together. Amen? Amen? So let's do this. Here's another one. Yeah, come on. Get, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah. Here's, a, here's another one. Here's another one. Uh, and I'm going to hit this one quick because I, I want to make sure we get to uh, all four uh, today. And again, I want, I, we, if we didn't get to yours, we're trying to really encompass a lot into um, just a few answers. Clearly, we can't do them all. Um, but what happens when you wake up one day and you realize your goals and dreams no longer align with your spouse? Um, it's a good question. Great question. I think what I would do if we were sitting at a table like this together and you asked me that, here would be my answer. All right, why did you get married? Did you get married so that you guys could chase dreams or did you get married because you loved her? There's a really, that, like, there, it really depends on your answer there. Because if you got married because it was like, well, we saw the same thing and wanted to chase the same thing, and that was great. Okay, then you need to make sure y'all are together. Well, I got married because I love her, and, and I don't want to do life without her. I want to, okay, then why are dreams and goals getting in the way of that? Yeah. Like, it's just, it's a different, so you, you it, let me just say this, you don't get married because of dreams and goals. You get married because you love each other and you don't want to do life alone. You don't want to do, like, it's not that I can't do life without her. It's that I don't want to do life without her. Are you, come on. And so, like, the truth, I hope that makes sense. And so, you get married because you want to spend the rest of your life glorifying God together. So, one day, here's the truth. You're going to wake up one day, and your goals will be differing. It's going to happen in every marriage. It has happened in every marriage on the face of the planet. It's going, like... Maybe your goal that day is A, and her goal that day is B. It's differing goals. Does that mean it's like, oh, this ain't going to work. See it? No. You sit down, and you talk about it. Yeah. And you go, yeah, you support each other. You go, hey, here's my goals, and here's my dreams. Where are you at on that? Oh, man, that sounds uh, a lot like kind of what, or that sounds way different than what I'm thinking. Here's what I'm thinking. And you may come to a place. Here's the name of the game in the journey of marriage compromise marriage is all about compromise y'all like it it is I, I used a silly illustration about restaurants yesterday 
Like if she wants to go to a restaurant that I don't like, is it really going to kill me to go eat there that night? No, it, it's like it's, if she's really set on it, it's going to be like, okay, let's go eat there that night or vice versa. Uh, sit down and talk about your dreams, your goals, or your desires. Learn how to work together. Because here's the biggest question you can ask when it comes to this question. The biggest question is, what has God unique, uniquely gifted you to do together? Yeah. It's not about what you can do individually. It's about what you can do together. So like, if you're like, I want to be a rock star. And I want to travel the world. And I want to shred the guitar. Nobody says that anymore. <laughs> and I know that. But like, I, you know, whatever. And she's like, I don't want to do that. Well, then you have to decide. Are you married to your dream? Or are you married to your wife? And you got to decide that at some point. 1 Corinthians 1.10 says this. It says, Now I exhort you, brothers, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, now watch this, that you all agree and that there be no divisions among you, that but, but that you be made complete in the same mind and in the same judgment. Here's what he's saying. Be of the same mindset. Think together. Yeah. Don't make big <laughs> Don't make big decisions without your spouse. Yeah. Talk about it. Be on the same thing. So I would just say to that question, I think it's a legitimate question. I actually hear it a lot. But it's just like you have to decide what you're married to. Yeah. Goals or each other. That's good. Or can you figure out what God's called you to do and make those your goals? Here's the last question, Megan. We got just a few minutes, all right? So okay. um, that's your warning. And so, <laughs> just kidding. Um, here it is. This is, this is so good. I wanted to make sure we got to this one. How do you handle the disappointment of life not looking the way you thought it would by this time? Maybe you haven't found your spouse yet or your marriage isn't where you thought it would be. How can I get past the feelings of disappointment and still hold on to the hope of one day? So good. Wow. It's really great. That's a great question. It really is because it's something we all deal with. Yeah. Disappointment, you say, is unmet expectations. Yep. I want to say to that question, Philippians 1, 6, and I am sure of this, I'm sure, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion Come on. at the day of Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's really good. Guys, we are walking in a finished work. Yes, yes. Jeremiah 29, 11 says that. Mm. We are walking in a plan that God set out for us. And everything we do moves at the speed of how much we trust our God. Mm. Mm. One, of my, one of the stories that I thought about in the Bible whenever I read this question was the story of Ruth. I love this story. Um, now, she was a widow at the point that I'm thinking about, but she was single and she was secure. Mm. And... Um, she got a glimpse of our loving God through her mother-in-law. Mm. And even when her mother-in-law told her to go home in Ruth 111, um, Ruth stayed. Yeah. She, again, she got a glimpse of who her mother-in-law's God was, and she wanted to stay there. She, she wanted so bad for whatever may have been disappointing her or whatever she wanted it was overridden by the love of God that she saw in yeah. her mother-in-law. And so in the midst of her losing her husband and just trouble, she saw good news. Yeah. And 
And she didn't want to get away from it. And she was confident that Naomi's God, that's her mother-in-law, would be hers. And she wasn't leaving. Despite disappointment, I think we should keep Ruth's attitude. She weeps. She's hurting, but she keeps walking. She keeps the faith, and she stays loyal. Ruth 1.16, it says this. It says, here's what Ruth says when her mother-in-law is like, go back, go back home, find you a husband, right? And maybe someone's told you that. (laughs) Go find you a husband, go find you a wife. No, you need to find Jesus, and you need to use the words of Ruth. She says, don't plead with me to abandon you. Mm. Or return and not follow you because for wherever you go, Mm. I will go. And wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people and your God will be my my God. Where you die, I will die and there I will be buried. May the Lord punish me and do so severely if anything but death separates you from me. Wow. When things are disappointing... We have to be honest, yet abandoned with God. I think about Jesus before he was crucified. He was in the garden and he was talking to God. And he says, if it's possible, please, please, God, Mm. take this cup from me. I don't want to die. I'm sure he's disappointed. He's hurting. He doesn't want to be crucified. But he said, God, if it's your will, let it be done. Yeah. We need to pray prayers like that. Yes. Honest prayers, yet abandoned to the will of God. Yeah. If we believe that he who started a good work in us will bring it to completion, Mm. then we need to walk more like it. Mm. Get into God's word. The more I come to know him, the more I come to love him, And the more I come to know who he created Megan to be. That's so good. And so I want to encourage you. Say that to God today. Where you go, I want to go. Whatever that looks like, I'm going to follow. It's really good. That's it. That's so strong. Wow. That's good. good. That's why I love having her up here is her passion for God and just following God is so inspiring and powerful. I would say if life doesn't look um, like you thought it would right now, the Bible literally defines faith as the essence of things you have not yet seen. Just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not happening. Wow. And so we have to get to a place. Let me, this is just a rhetorical question, just to think about. Would God still be God to you if he didn't answer another prayer? And that's really what it boils down to. What if your life never turns out the way you thought it would? Is he still God? Yeah. And for me, I haven't always been at the place to say yes, but I am now. Like, yeah. Yeah. He's still God. Amen. You know, he's still the king of the kings and the Lord of lords. 
I don't see Jesus as my Savior alone. I see him as my Lord and Savior. That's right. You just have to answer that. I think that's part of it. And the other side is, is it's okay to feel disappointment sometimes. It's okay to look at your life, I'm about to close, and go, I'm a little, I'm a little frustrated. Yeah. It's not what I thought it would be. I would say, take that in prayer and let God have a holy frustration in you. And go, God, what do I need? Like, what do I need to work on? I know recently the Lord gave me a word for my life that I'm still trying to figure out. But one of the things was, you need to work on what you know you need to work on. And I was like, well, thanks, God. Appreciate that. That's real specific. Sometimes it's honestly just, hey, God, can you put a holy frustration in me? Um, Henry Blackaby used to call it uh, a righteous anger. And what it means is I'm frustrated enough to get better. Yeah, I'm frustrated enough to get better. So I think that's where we are because everybody gets to that place of frustration sometimes in different ways and I'm so glad that you took and talked to the singles in the room because I think that's a real thing within our church is quit feeling you don't have to feel pressure God's got you you're walking in a finished work just follow him and I'm not saying like one day he'll show up in your lap like because if a man just shows up in your lap that's weird (laughs) and you need to leave that club immediately some of y'all catch that later. But like, for real, just trust God and it'll happen. That's right. Your life will go the way that he wants it to go. Now, I want to tell you a few things. We're going to pray. But before we do, I want, to, and I want to tell you, next week we start a brand new series called Won't You Be My Neighbor? And uh, man, I'm so stinking excited about this series. Um, got a friend during this series that you're going to meet. And uh, that's going to speak to us about his personal journey. Uh, and and uh, it's going to be incredible. And we're going to learn how in the world do we love our neighbor. It is, you know, it is a command in the Bible. And so what does that look like and mean? Because I think it's become a buzz phrase. I want to really fi- figure out uh, what that looks like and what that means. Um, on your way out today, if, if you want to give... Um, you know, your tithe or, or maybe, maybe God's really laid on your heart today. You know, this, this message has kind of helped you and, and, and just laid on you. God's like, I want you to give a sacrificial offering. On the way out today, there's giving boxes at the back of each auditorium. You can drop it in there or there will be a screen uh, uh, that will pop up and you can give digitally, safely and securely that way as well. Here's what I'd love to do. I'd love to pray for you. And then we're going to grab invite cards on the way out and pack the rooms at every campus uh, next week. And then we're going to go change the world. You ready? Was this helpful? Was this beneficial to you guys? Like, for real? Awesome. Thank you. Let's, let's pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you for who you are and loving us like you do. And that marriage and relationships are defined by your word um, because they were created from your heart. And um, God, I pray that we would be who you want us to be. And um, God, that we would follow you. I pray that God, if there's anybody in the rooms um, that want to give their life to you and want more information on that, 
God, would you just direct their heart and God, as they go by the Connect Center or the Care Corner and they just ask for prayer, God, I pray that they would give their lives to you and lives would be transformed forever. God, I love you and I thank you that what's happening at Radiate is just beginning and I believe growth and life transformation is on the way in record way here at this church and we're so grateful. Let your spirit go with us. As we give today, I pray that it would be used to expand your kingdom. Let every invite go out this week and God, I pray that more people would come and hear about the goodness of Jesus. We love you so much. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. Radiate Church, let's Let's go go change the world. world. Love you guys, see you next Sunday.